What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to do an overview of Netflix's financials. They just reported adding 15 million subscribers in Q1, producing positive free cash flow for the first time. A really interesting quarter. Netflix, one of the first companies to report uh, its financials since the Illness 19 outbreak. We get an under-the-hood look at the company's strategy, how they are adapting um, to this unprecedented shift. As always, Netflix put out its shareholder letter here, um, basically going through the first page and a half of them basically saying like, look, this is a totally unprecedented time in our history. Um, we've been trying to just deal with this pandemic. This is, you know, a very uncertain time for all of this, but, you know, they made the working home transition. Um, I really also like Netflix because they they talk about all the good they're doing. They've created a $100 million relief fund to help with hardship in the industry. Um, you know, they're donating $30 million to third parties and nonprofits providing emergency work uh, and relief to out-of-work crew and cast across the broader TV and film industry. Um, they also talk about these individual million-dollar donations they've made. Additionally, um, they've committed um, to spending $150 million in supporting the industry throughout this crisis. Then they also have this program where if you uh, donate and you're a Netflix employee, um, they doubled their charitable match giving program for 2020. So for every $1 donated by our employees to an organization, we now donate an additional $2 to that organization. So I thought that was awesome. So at a high level here, Netflix is like, oh my God, these are crazy times. Um, you know, we, as much as people are staying inside and using our service and there's been a massive uptick, you know, at the same time, we hope that we understand this is temporary and that the second the economy opens up again, people are going to go back outside and not spend as much time inside. And essentially, this is really a temporary one-time bump. That's what Netflix is trying to tell, um, you know, its shareholders get and get the analysts ready to expect like, okay, we're growing like crazy now, but this isn't going to be able to last. Um, and Netflix's management team is historically extremely conservative. Um, but anyway, here are the numbers that they reported. Uh, 5.8 billion in revenue, up about 28%, um, 16.6% operating margin, 183 streaming memberships to end the quarter, up 23%. Um, you know, well, like I said, 15, actually almost 16 million uh, paid net additions, up from almost 10 million in Q1 2019, more than doubling from the quarter before. They have guided for about 7.5 million in Q2 2020. I think that's an extreme lowball. Um, Gene Munster was on CNBC saying that number could be closer to 10 million. I happen to agree with him. Um, the brightest part of this quarter, that is basically what I wanted to fast forward uh, to is Netflix's uh, cash flow profile has totally inflected. They've gone from burning capital to producing capital. So as you can see, uh, net cash used by operating activities burning hundreds of millions per quarter, 1.4 billion in Q4, positive 260 million in uh, operating cash flow, free cash flow also positive, the same story going down there. So now let's just scroll down to the cash flow part of this letter here. Um, in Q1, net cash used in operating activities was plus 260 million versus negative 380 million in the prior year period. Free cash flow totaled 162 million compared with negative 460 million in the year ago quarter. As we stated last quarter, our free cash flow profile is beginning to improve due to growing operating margin and profit. And as we digest our big move into the production of Netflix originals, which requires more cash up front, for Slato window content that started five years ago. With our productions currently paused, this will shift some cash spending to content future years. As a result, we're now expecting 2020 free cash flow of a billion or better compared with our prior 2020 expectation of negative 2.5 billion and negative 3.3 billion in 2019. This dynamic may result in more lumpiness to our path to sustain free cash flow profitability as prior to the pandemic, we had been planning for annual improvement in free cash flow. However, there's been no material change to our overall timetable to reach consistent annual positive free cash flow. And we believe that 2019 will still represent the peak in our annual free cash flow deficit. 
We finished the quarter with a cash of $5.2 billion, while our $750 million unsecured credit facility remains undrawn. Combined with our improved free cash flow outlook for 2020, we have more than 12 months of liquidity and substantial financial flexibility. Our financing strategy remains unchanged. Our current plan is to continue to use debt to finance our investment needs. So now let's run over to Hypercharts, where I pulled up Netflix. Um, Mo's done some awesome work here. Um, this is their streaming membership growth. They've changed how they've reported this, um, which is why you're seeing it going from just US streaming and international which they had up until Q4. And now in Q1, they have US and Canada, Europe, Middle East, uh, and Africa, Latin America, and Asia Pacific. I guess this will be the new norm going forward. But as you can see, a pretty breakout quarter there, over 180 million. But screw that, we want to get to the cash flow. Here is the operating cash flow number that Netflix was saying, that 260 million. So as you can see, literally negative every single quarter, and they finally go positive. And part of this is because there's less spending going on because they halted production towards the end of the quarter. But the biggest change in this, and they, they mentioned this on their uh, YouTube call where they talk about the earnings, is that this is a real change in their business. Netflix have been guiding. If we go to an annual view, Netflix have been guiding that this was the peak loss in cash flow. They lost, you know, almost three billion in operating cash flow, three point three billion in free cash flow, and they're like, next year it'll be around two point five billion in free cash flow, negative uh, two point five billion loss. But now they're saying that's only going to be a billion dollar loss this year or so because of decreased spending. And so, you know, this this thesis here, and I was a skeptic of this. I mean, this chart kind of says it all. Netflix was burning more and more money as they were spending more and more on content, and they keep saying as we hit that scale, everything is going to change. All of a sudden, all that incremental cash flow and subscriber numbers and ARPU growth is going to drop right to the bottom line and Netflix's business is going to start pumping out absurd amounts of capital when this inflection point is reached. That's why nobody can comprehend the valuation. That's why it doesn't make sense on a price earnings basis because those earnings are just a fraction of what the true uh, you know, cash flow potential of Netflix will be when the business model is at maturity. There's a totally different way to think about evaluating a company where its margin structure is not at maturity, its cash flow profile is not at maturity, and, and you, you know that's when none of these financial metrics are going to make sense. And so the question is, what is the mature cash flow profile and margin structure of Netflix um, when they hit their true scale and stop growing? And, you know, a lot of people were worried. We're like, how much growth is left? They have 160 million people. They're st still burning billions. Well, all of a sudden, now we're up to 180 million and they just pumped out 260 million. You could say half of that or more was due to this stop in spending. But I think to me, Netflix has convinced me, hyperchange, I'm sold, Reed Hastings, this is the quarter you did it, where this business model has true, true leverage. You know, Netflix is, um, and if we go to their, their stock, price. It, it's been baffled skeptics forever. You know, Netflix's stock price just constantly soaring, constantly having uh, nosebleed valuation. I think it's interesting how it took a big hit here in uh, late 2020 and, you know, a big run up and then was falling with all other stocks in the early part of the pandemic, but then it shot up in, in terms of earnings. So the stock is actually around flat, trading about 424 as I write, uh, make this video. 186 billion market cap. So it's about flat on the day, but it had like a 30% run right before that and is still basically trading at the all-time high that it's ever been. And I think justifiably so. Um, so this is a really interesting quarter for Netflix and it's, you know, I think we're, this is such a fascinating economic experiment because they have this huge growth now. How many of these subscribers leave um, when things go back to normal or how much of this was a pull forward of the organic trajectory of demand of Netflix continuing to eat away at legacy media subscriptions to institutions? Did we just accelerate that trend and there's never a dip or is there a huge dip post-COVID as people go outside? This is a lot of things people are grappling with. Um, but I also think, you know, Netflix is in a very unique position here. Movie theaters, studios, um, a lot of, you know, if you were had a movie that 
were gonna, was about to make a ton of money in theaters, it can't go to theaters anymore. So now you might be turning to Netflix or to Disney Plus to try and have them buy your movie or Hulu um, for their streaming service. So and that could be at a, at a very discounted price. So I think from that perspective, Netflix is kind of in a power position um, to be able to pick and choose which content to buy as some content gets on a fire sale. Um, and I also just think Netflix is bigger; they have more capital. A lot of their competition is spending a lot more than, uh, capital than they're bringing in, um, and I think Netflix is going to be able to stay underwater longer. And they are the you know they're by far the biggest streaming service. And we're just seeing now with close to 200 million users, Netflix is barely finally hitting that inflection to cash flow profitability. So that tells you how big Disney Plus and all these other streaming services need to get when they really want to start actually producing um, positive cash flow. I also think a crazy tidbit, um, Tiger King, whether you love it or hate it, I'm personally fascinated by the Tiger King show. I watched it. Um, they that had 64 million people saw that in the quarter, an unbelievable hit. A lot of people think that, you know, helped Netflix's quarter as well. Um, I think it's pretty impressive. And actually one of the, the features they rolled out around that, that I think is probably my favorite Netflix feature as just a user um, that, I've, that I've ever seen them roll out is the top 10 trending list, which was an, a new feature they rolled out this quarter. Um, I think that makes you feel like you're part of the culture. Like what are other people watching on Netflix? Um, I don't know, from a business model perspective, maybe it doesn't matter that much, but I personally as a user love that new feature. So anyway, you know, I think Netflix long-term here has proven the model. I think they're an amazing technology company. Um, they're a company that, uh, you know, is a way for you to spend your time, you know, with maximum enjoyment and escapism. I think that's going to be a necessary part of humanity for years and years to come. I think our escapism uh, only gets more and more immersive. I'm talking about VR. I'm talking about, you know, more HD, bigger, you know, maybe these, the what Netflix is experimenting with the way you can choose how your storyline goes in cer certain shows. Um, I just think, you know, this is a key part of society and humanity. And yes, Netflix at 200 billion, you know, when they're only making 4 billion a year in earnings run rate, seems like a crazy PE ratio. The price sales multiple is, you know, eight or nine X, even though they're only growing 25% and that could slow down post COVID. But, you know, or so I think there's a lot of easy sort of finance, you know, spreadsheet ways to say Netflix looks overvalued, but take a step back and say 180 million people, soon to be 200 million people choosing to spend their time on Netflix, voting with their capital, voting with their time tells you how powerful and good of a product this is. And I, I see Netflix, um, you know, if they can keep coming up with hits like Tiger King, keep getting us on the edge of our seats, keep getting us excited, keep getting people talking about what they're doing, then I think this has the potential to be a much, much bigger business going forward. Um, and I just see, you know, as we connect as more humans sign up to the internet, as we spend more time on the internet, like these are not trends that are going away. Um, and I think the end game, what I'm building up to, and I, I put out videos on this before, is like this sort of ready player one virtual world, um, I think is going to be a huge part of how we enjoy content in the future. And I see Netflix potentially becoming one of those companies, creating all these virtual worlds for us to experience and enjoy. And I think that uh, is a company that could be worth, you know, a trillion dollars one day. And that's why if you think about buying it at 200 billion, and you're really thinking long term about what this really is and what its place is in society, if they successfully execute you know, I think it makes sense, the valuation on some level. I don't buy it. You know, I'm not a shareholder. I, I don't own any stock. I'm just following this as a fascinating business case study. Reed Hastings, owner, operator, founder. I think he is uh, an unbelievable leader and just like does the right thing, like them donating so much money, being super proactive, you know, not talking about how much profits they're making, but talking about, you know, how they're going to help the industry get through this time. Um, I just think like, Netflix, you know, Reed Hastings and Netflix um, have a really good company ethos and are in it for the right reasons. And I, that, you know, means a lot to me. Anyway, this is HyperChange. Huge shout out to our Patreon supporters, producers. Hit me up in the comments with your thoughts on Netflix on this epic quarter. Um, and I'll see y'all next time. Peace.